What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Section 5 podcast. This is Adam here with Trey. We're here to break down the Celtics-Brooklyn first round series. So kind of something that we've been looking forward to. Once the standings have kind of set their tone, we kind of were looking forward to there was a chance that we might be able to play Brooklyn in the first round. And, you know, it's unfortunate that we won't have Jalen Brown for this series or the rest of the playoffs, or this would be a much more anticipated series. But as of now, you know, the Celtics are eight point dogs in game one. They're the heavy underdogs in this series. And it's going to take a lot of really, really, really great basketball by the Boston Celtics to even stay competitive, I think, in this series. But we're going to break down each positional group. We're going to tell you guys the Celtics are going to win because Celtics are going to lose because, and then, you know, me and Trey are going to give our predictions for the series. It's good, Trey. You ready for the series? It's good, Adam. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm ready for the series. Like you said, the Celtics are eight point underdogs. Um, and it feels like we're eight point underdogs after the season that we've had. Uh, so at this point, my mentality is bring on Brooklyn and let's give it our best shot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all we can do. There's a reason to play the games. At the end of the day, Brooklyn's still going to have to score more points than us four times. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see what the seeds got. So we're going to start with the breakdown with the with the ball handlers for each team. Right now for the seeds, we got Kemba, Walker, Marcus Smart, Peyton Pritchard. I mean, we do have Carson Edwards and Tremont Waters, but if they're in the game, it's either a really good thing for the seeds or a really bad thing. So They'd either be up by 20 or down by 20. So let's hope we don't have to see those guys. And for Brooklyn, we got James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Mike James, who's been a pleasant surprise for Brooklyn since he came over from, I believe he was in Europe um, for the majority of the season. And Landry Shamet, who I was glad to see him get traded when he was with Philly. And then he went to fucking Brooklyn. So now I'm not, not too happy to see Landry on the other side of the court. So this positional grouping, I think, is a major disadvantage for the Celtics. You got, you know, Brooklyn has two All-NBA players and and Kyrie Irving and James Harden. Kyrie's coming off a 50-40-90 season, which is is pretty historic. And he was just an extremely efficient player this year. And, you know, while, you know, Kemba Walker is is our second guy to Tatum, but he hasn't played at an All-NBA level this season. He probably hasn't since, you know, his shot his last year in Charlotte. So um, this is, in my opinion, overwhelmingly Brooklyn. Trey, what you think? Yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely advantage Brooklyn. You have a ball handler like Kyrie. You got a a point guard like James Harden. I've always thought James Harden was a shooting guard, but he can play, you know, both positions. He's proven that um, in his stint so far. Uh, Mike James is a guy that played. In Phoenix, I'm not sure if many people remember, but he played for the Phoenix Suns, and he played pretty well there uh, before leaving the NBA and going overseas. So I just think that advantage is Brooklyn. A guy that fits into both categories, uh, for me, it would be Bruce Brown. He can -hmm. can handle the ball. He's not really needed to to do so. Um, And he's also been in a lot of their lineups at the wing position. Mm -hmm. Um, So... So just kind of like shifting to the wing matchup, you know, the Celtics have Jason Tatum. We have Evan Fournier. We have Aaron Neesmith. 
We have Romeo Langford, Jabari Parker, and we're going to throw in also Shemi Ojale. And that's going to be going up against Brooklyn's wings of Kevin Durant, Joe Harris. We're going to say Bruce Brown. Landry Shamit is is sort of interchangeable in there as well. Then we've got Jeff Green, old friend Jeff Green, and TLC, Timothy Luwawu Cabarro. So those guys for for Brooklyn. Uh, Who do you got, Adam? Advantage Celtics or, or Brooklyn? I think, you know, you threw in a couple other guys there. Well, Shamit with um, the wings as well. And Brooklyn has a star power in that. Obviously, with Katie, who's been unbelievable this year, coming off the Achilles. He's been kind of banged up. But when if he's healthy and he's he's ready to play, then, I mean, that, that's going to be tough for us to stop. He's, he's a mismatch every time down the court. And the other guys are just all efficient players. Like, they play well off of. Katie, Kyrie, and Harden. Um, Joe Harris is, I hope he's not going to be getting too many open shots. Jeff Green has just been killing us ever since he's left the Celtics. Bruce Brown, a local kid from Dorchester, he's uh, he's been a great surprise for them, especially when other guys have been hurt. You know, they had many games where Katie, Kyrie, or Harden missed the game, and Bruce Brown, you know, I know he was a daily fantasy star for some nights, putting up double-doubles and you know, getting a lot of threes and, and points. So I do like to see swings in here, though. Like, I, I like Tatum. I think Tatum could match up with what Katie's going to bring, and that could potentially be a wash. And Fournier, if he's he's streaky, so that's the key with Fournier. If he's going to get a shot off and he could be active on the defensive end, I like what Evan Fournier could bring for us. You know, he, we just can't have him be have an inefficient shooting night. Um Right, and then I think that Joe Harris, you bring up a good point about Katie and, and Tatum, kind of, they could be a wash. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way about Fournier and Joe Harris. Joe Harris is a streaky shooter, too. Um, if you let, you cannot let, leave him open. Yeah, we, we need Fournier to, to like, dominate that matchup. But if, if that's who he's going against, we need him to considerably outperform Joe Harris out there. Neesmith has been a an active presence on both ends for the last couple of weeks of the season. Um, he's kind of just forced his way into the rotation. Steven says he has to pretty much, he has to play him now because there's no one else we got. You know, when, even when I think even when, if Jalen didn't go down, that Neesmith would still be a part of the playoff rotation. And, you know, he just needs to continue his ascend up with, with how he's been playing. It seems like he hit his rookie wall. He's bounced back off of it. And now he's, we need them to contribute. Just hit the open threes, play defense, and just be active out there. Exactly what he's been doing. And, you know, we need the same out of Romeo, too, because I don't think Romeo will get as many minutes as Naismith will, but we're going to need, especially if someone gets into foul trouble, we're going to need our excess wings to get out there and play and be ready. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cop out on this one, and I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm going to call the swings a wash. What do you think? So I'm tempted to say the same, to be honest, but I'm going to lean towards Brooklyn having mm-hmm. the, the slight advantage um, just because when it comes to their crunch time lineup, I'm just wondering what it's going to be. Is it going to involve Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, both in that lineup? Is Jeff Green going to be in that closing lineup mm-hmm. uh, along with James Harden and Kyrie? If so, they have uh Three of the three of their wings in that closing lineup, uh, as were the Celtics. 
they have Jason Tatum, Evan Fournier, and then who would be that third guy closing out? Would it be, would Aaron Neesmith get the minutes there? Or are we looking at, you know, Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, and in a big? Um, so I'm just not sure if those guys are going to be able to, outside of Tatum and Fournier, uh, show us the consistency that some of those Brooklyn guys might be able to, to give us. I've seen Bruce Brown in regular season games while, while Kyrie wasn't able to play or, or James Harden, seen him step up, score double digit points. So he's used to doing that. And then, yeah, just, I just feel like it, it could definitely be a wash, but I, I'm just going to give Brooklyn that slight edge. They should be able to score or outscore us. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard for me to disagree with that, especially if Katie, you know, brings it up, steps up to another level and, you know, shows us that, the, you know, the part of the MVP caliber player that he is. I'm not upset with you picking, with you giving Brooklyn that advantage. That's, that's pretty fair. One thing that's important is Neesmith yeah. running around in, in his defense. Like, I think instead of going, instead of Evan Fournier going up against Joe Harris, you should have uh, Neesmith running around chasing him to try to stay with him, uh, disrupt him because he's just, he's very quick on his feet. And also he's going to crash boards. So if he's guarding Joe Harris, I don't know how Harris crashes the boards, but he's got to keep Neesmith off the boards. So you want that activity uh, in the right place. So I'd, I'd have him chasing around a high energy guy because he's got a lot of energy. Yeah. I mean, I, if we're going to, if the Celtics have a shot in this series, Aaron E. Smith needs to play like needs to play out of his mind and keep doing what he's been doing for these for these past last last few games of the year. And now we're gonna go to the bigs. And I think it's almost a little similar to to how I view the swings in that, you know, I think these might be a wash as well. We got Blake, Blake Griffin for the Nets, DeAndre Jordan and Nick Claxton. And for the Seas, we got, you know, hopefully a healthy Bob Williams, Tristan Thompson. And we got, you know, Grant Williams, Luke Cornett, and break glass in case of emergency tackle fall. And I think the key is a healthy Bob Williams. If we have a healthy Bob Williams that could just clog up the paint and force the Brooklyn big three that they have of even hesitating when they go into the paint and, you know, having someone there that is not going to foul them, but that could disrupt their shot. Um, I think it will be huge for us in this series if we could force, you know, Brooklyn to be almost one-dimensional and force them to be a jump-shooting team, even though they're a good jump-shooting team. But having Bob in the middle will give us a chance to give our defenders a chance to stick with their shooters, which which is going to be big in this series as well. And Tristan has been – he's been, I think, more consistent for us as the season's gone, you know, as the season's winded down. He had a pretty good game against the Wizards the last game where – he establishes his, himself in the paint, and as long as he could do that, get boards, get offensive boards, it's good. we're going to need that. We're going to need in those minutes that DeAndre Jordan is out there to kind of neutralize him out there. So, and man, I think I still think Blake is washed. He may make me eat pro this series because he's going to be he's going to be given opportunities to do things, but I just don't see it anymore with him. I think he's. He's an inefficient player, and we need to expose him out there. DeAndre Jordan, I think, is a couple of years past his prime. He's just the shell of himself, and he might make me eat crow too, but I just see our bigs matching up pretty well against them. What do you think, Trey? Am I, am I crazy for thinking that? 
No, you're not. You're not crazy. Uh, Brooklyn's bigs are nothing to write home about. But I'd say that the Celtics aren't much greater. I think the, it's just the, the key is going to be Bob Williams. If he's banged up and limited, and then I think even with Brooklyn's, you know, past their prime bigs, that they'll have the advantage there. But it's all about Bob Williams being healthy for me. It's it's tough for me. Hearing we've been hearing rumors that Rob might play Game One. Um, I don't know how to feel about that. I kind of just want him to make sure that he's ready for our first home game, game three. You know, you want what's best for the player's health. But if he is able to suit up, that will make, you know, hell of a difference. DeAndre Jordan, uh, I mean, he can be solid for them at times, just like Tristan can be solid for us at times. I'm going to have to disagree with you on Blake Griffin. I I don't think that he's going to I don't think that he's going to go crazy and have like a 25-point game or anything like that. But just the versatility he gives them where they don't have to play DeAndre Jordan if they don't want to. They can go right to Blake, who's got size. He can match up with Tristan. Offensively, he can try to, you know, beat Tristan off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can try to post up just, just like Tristan tries to post up. So I'd go the advantage, DJ and Blake, mm-hmm. uh, over Tristan. And then they have... Uh, Claxton, Nicholas Claxton, who can go out there and um, run the floor with Robert against Robert Williams, try to stay with him to make sure that he doesn't catch any lobs over him or anything like that. He he should know how to play defense. He does some of the similar things offensively. So I kind of see it advantage Brooklyn. And then also if you if if the Nets decide they want to go small and they want to throw Jeff Green at center, yeah. Uh, then it's really a wrap for the Celtics because, you know, I'm not sure how many minutes Grant Williams is going to get there. Let's say he gets, you know, third, the third most minutes there at big behind Rob and Tristan, even mm-hmm. if it's just like five to ten minutes, which you know it's yeah. it's still a lot of minutes in a playoff game. He'd have to match up with let's say Blake, and I'm not sure that he'd win that matchup against Blake. So I'm going to have to go with Brooklyn. Yeah, I could, I could see a logic with it. And I just hope that if if or when the Nets do play Jeff Green at center, that the answer for Stevens isn't Grant Williams, that he kind of goes small as well and brings in one of those swings to kind of match up with Jeff Green and keep up with them athletically instead of just trying to get some sort of big man out there. You know, you got to run up and down the court after misses and you know, a big kind of like Grant would probably slow that up a little bit. So you got BK advantage at the guards. You got a wash at the wings with the slight. No, actually, I think you picked the slight edge to BK at the swings. And you got a slight edge to BK on the bigs. I agreed with you with the ball handlers and had a wash for the swings and the bigs. So, I mean, it's still both with both of our assessments. We still got Brooklyn having the advantage there. Last but not least, we got, you know, the two men on the sidelines. We got Mr. Brad Stevens in his eighth year with the Celtics. And we got Steve Nash, or, you know, as Kyrie put in in the offseason, they don't really have a coach. It's everyone's a coach. But Steve Nash got the title and the check coming in for him. So his name is out there right now. So I think, you know, just off experience, you got to give the edge to Stevens, right? Like, he's been there, done that. He hasn't been to a finals, but. He's made multiple deep runs. He's one of the best, you know, out of timeout coaches in the league. I and I agree. I think you got to give it to Stevens. I mean, 
He's done it. I have faith in him. To me, Steve Nash is he has to show it. He has to show that he's able to handle this pressure in the playoffs and he hasn't shown it yet. So this is his chance. And, you know, maybe my opinion will change of him as the playoffs go by. But as of right now, I'm giving the edge to Stevens. So I would say that it should be Stevens for his ability to constantly uplift, you know, underdog Celtics teams and make them better than they are. So if the Celtics win, you know, at least one of these first two games, I think that that would be enough to praise Brad Stevens in the terrible year that we've had mm-hmm. um, to see him somehow get a game with this roster that he's had to deal with. I think that would be worth it. Yeah. So, I mean, Stevens should have that advantage. We hope that he does. We'll hope that he show he does that he'll show us that he'll show us why he has that advantage. So, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to that once the game starts as well. So then again, though, it's like if, if Nash, coaches you know adequately and brad stevens can't win a game and the celtics get blown out in every single one of those games and they look terrible then you kind of have to lean towards giving it to steve nash by default just for brooklyn looking decent which is what you know you figure that's what they're supposed to do um but for the celtics not even making it look good then you'd have to go with nash by default but i believe that we should be saying it's advantage Stevens because we're going to see the Celtics look good, you know, at, at different points throughout the series, even if we, you know, can't win one of the games or even if it's a gentleman sweep or whatever, whatever it comes out to be. I, I do think that we're going to play better than people expected. Yeah. I mean, the big thing with the coaching is the adjustments that they're going to have to make in game, whether it be, you know, responding to a substitution, calling the right timeout, not calling a timeout, um, just executing it's just going to be them making sure that like i said they make the proper adjustments and hopefully stevens has that advantage we'll see about it but so now we get to the fun questions so the self i'll I'll let you go first trade the celtics are going to win because so they're going to win because tatum has a monster game at least 30 points they're going to win because the bench is able to score in double digits, uh, at least two guys. So if your starters are Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Evan Fournier, Jason Tatum, and let's say Tristan Thompson, you're going to need Pritchard, Aaron Neesmith, you're going to need Robert Williams. A combination of those three guys to combine for hopefully 20 points. You're going to need that desperately. Yeah, so, I mean, we're going to need a lot from a lot of guys this series if we're going to win. So my keys to the Celtics winning are, you know, Tatum and Kemba both playing at an all-NBA level. We need them to play even better than they've been playing all season. And, you know, Kemba's been playing really well down the stretch. You know, we already – we know what Tatum can do down the stretch, and we just need to – we just need them to, to pick it up a notch in consistency and – just keep getting to the line and being aggressive. And we're also going to win if Evan Fournier equals Jalen Brown. We need Evan to give us what Jalen's been doing all year. And, you know, I think that's a lot of pressure on Evan. But at the same time, this is his free agent year. You want to make your money? You perform like you earned that money. So, you know, hopefully Evan shows us why he should be re-signed here and why we should break the bank for him. 
And then another, I think, big key to the Celtics winning is just playing defense without fouling. You know, Kyrie, KD, Harden, all 90 plus percent from the free throw line. They each could get to the line 10 plus times. And if they do that, we're going to be in trouble. So playing defense without fouling is exactly what we need to do in addition to the first two things that I mentioned. So I think the C's are going to lose because the Nets have three players that have combined two MVPs, seven scoring titles, 18 All-NBA selections, and we're huge parts of three NBA championships. So we're going to lose because those guys play like that. (laughs) We don't have anyone really that has shown that they gave that we don't have three guys that can match that. We only probably have one. Um, and that we're going to foul too much. You know, Brooklyn's one of the best teams in the league and getting to the line. We're one of the teams, I think we might be worse in the league at fouling. So this is not a good matchup for us if we continue to play how we played all season and not move our feet and just reach all day. So what do you think? Why are the season going to lose, Trey? So the C's are going to lose because despite Brooklyn throwing up clunker after clunker in, in whatever game, the Celtics will probably try to find a way to throw up even more misses. So it's like the Brooklyn Nets will go on a scoring drought and the Celtics will come down after each missed shot and not capitalize. Capitalizing when the other team misses or getting a stop defensively, as you mentioned, is important. If the Celtics are unable to do those things, um, you got to match offense with offense. You got to capitalize when when the Nets aren't able to score. If Kevin Durant, you know, keeps taking shots and missing them, Kyrie keeps taking shots and missing them, and you know, basically James Harden's get into the line a bunch, you know, and you're right in it with the Nets, you've got to hit some shots. The Celtics are struggling outside of Tatum and Kemba to hit shots, then that's not going to be a good look for us. Yeah, I think we're going to be in trouble if that happens. I think one last key for the C's in winning this series is to kind of, if we all, I don't think we will, we will forget anytime soon Kyrie's performance in the Milwaukee series, how it looked like he just kept getting discouraged because Milwaukee kept picking on him defensively. And I think by like game five, there was some point in the game where, you know, even the announcers mentioned it, that Kyrie like was insisting on guarding Giannis in the post. And it was just not working out multiple times for us down there. And I think if the Celtics can frustrate him defensively by picking on him, making it known that they're going at him defensively every time and he can't do anything to stop them, that he gets him discouraged that even though, you know, Harden and Katie are, are still there, I think if you get Kyrie frustrated a little bit, that'll be, you know, that'll be a great thing for us in turning him into the Kyrie Irving that played against the Bucks, making him work at the other end and have that affect his game on the offensive end for him. I think that all these guys, the big three of the Nets have shown the ability to play within a system and, and just move the ball. Kyrie showed it when he came here with Boston, you know, James Harden showed it in Houston and Katie showed it with the Warriors. Now they're all coming together. They've got to show that they can play the ball, or play with one ball. Yeah. So it's like, I would prefer for them to each individually play ISO ball yeah. and yeah. play themselves out of the game 
And but the thing is, like I said, the Celtics have to capitalize on those missed shots. Exactly. Exactly. So if that's gonna be that's gonna be the key of this series, transition, transition offense and transition defense. And you're not you don't want to get into a track meet with Brooklyn, but you want to be able to make it a one-sided track meet where you're the one that's running and they're the ones that are walking the ball up the court. And if we can do that, then you know. Oh, I got I got one more thing to add. The Celtics mm-hmm. will win uh, the series because Jason Tatum gets to the free throw line. Yes, if Jason Tatum can get to the free throw line. We've got a good chance. Yeah, we, James yeah. Harden's going to get to that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need him to match whatever Brooklyn's doing, in that getting them into foul trouble and just staying aggressive, exactly how he was in the Wizards game where you dropped that fifty piece on him, where he got to the line seventeen times. So. We need that aggression from Tatum, and it's only going to help us if he gets to the line that many times. Um, so now it's prediction time. I'm going to go first. I'm going to be the typical homer that I've been for the last two-plus years that we've had this pod, and I'm going season seven. You know, I think I think Tatum and Kemba are going to play at an all-NBA level. Brooklyn has shown they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Half the time they can't they can't stop a nosebleed. You look at their you know rotation that's going to play in the playoffs and who's actually known as a defender. Landry Landry Shamet is probably their best individual defender. So the C's got the offensive firepower. They got Kemba is playing lights out towards the end of the season, averaging over twenty four a game. Tatum's dropped what three fifty pieces in the last month. Like who's Who's going to put up the effort to stop Tatum on the, on the defensive end for Brooklyn? Um, Fournier it had the best scoring season of his career, best shooting season of his career, just in a free agent season. He's ready to make that money. What better chance to do it and, you know, get an upset against the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to Vegas to put money on it, but <laughs> for the sake of the pod, I'm going season, season seven. What up, Trey? What you got? Man, I was was not really expecting to hear season season seven, but I like the I like the sound of that. I'm gonna go with Brooklyn in five. Mm, that's I a keep, popular pick. I've seen that a, a lot lately. And, and I keep I keep saying that if the Celtics can win one of the first two games, nobody's gonna be able to shut me up <laughs> uh, because you know the narrative is gonna shift to what everybody thought that Brooklyn is vulnerable. Um, that they can be beat and the Celtics beat them one out of those two games heading back to Boston where they're going to play two home games. So, you know, that's advantage Celtics. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, when, when you said Nets and five, that's been a popular pick. I've seen a lot of people make that prediction that, you know, they give, they give the C's one. And, you know, if that happens, I, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if I was probably putting money on something, I'd probably put on Nets on five, but if I had to bet, I would say that the first two games in Brooklyn um, are somewhat close. Mm-hmm. Uh, they head to Boston. They take game three serious. Mm-hmm. They beat us game three. And then game four, they mm-hmm. kind of, I guess you would call it, they play with their food. So Brooklyn, you know, doesn't take it as serious or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the Celtics win that game. And then gentleman sweep happens game five that Brooklyn finishes and handles business. Yeah, I think the key, I think the key to the series is game one. And even if 
you don't want to get like a you know a loss where you feel good about it. But I think that the Celtics need to come out and at least play them close game one. If not, if they pull out a dub game one, we have game two is until Tuesday. We're gonna hear Stephen A talking about them on Monday. Stephen A talking about them on Tuesday. There's gonna be a whole lot of pressure on Brooklyn if they go down in the series one nothing. You cannot, as the Brooklyn Nets franchise, you cannot lose to the Boston Celtics in the first round when they do not they do not have Jalen Brown and you have a healthy Kyrie Irving, a healthy James Harden, and a healthy Kevin Durant. No way. If they do, there's gonna. I don't think Nash makes it to next year if they lose this series. So, I think there's a, there's a lot of pressure on Brooklyn to, to take Game One and to take it with authority, you know, to to leave the media off their back and to just, you know, coast into Tuesday night up 1-0. So it's going to be an interesting game tomorrow. Uh, probably when you listen to this tonight, it's going to be an interesting game tonight. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this series. The underdog Celtics are back, I guess, you know. Low expectations, and hopefully we can pull off an upset. Yeah, Stevens' teams have shown that They've played the best when the expectations are really low. So let's go. I'm ready for it. And that, that wraps up the pod for tonight. You know, you, you know, you can catch us on any major pod platforms on Twitter. Twitter is mostly where we play at. So you can find us there. Take care, guys. I hope JT kills it.